everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Football is a game of inches. I would argue, based on Scripture, that being a Christian Living the life that God has for us is a game of inches. A game of inches. It's very interesting that we're talking about the fact that Christianity is a game of inches because the Apostle Paul wrote the greatest email in the history of the world. That email was a letter to the church at Ephesus. It's called Ephesians. Paul was writing from prison. And what was so cool about Paul was the fact that he was in prison, but notice his identity was in Christ. He sent this letter to a church he had started years earlier with a purpose of encouragement, with a purpose of of, of its readers clicking onto the email and discovering their identity. Paul wanted basically for the church to know how wealthy they were. So so you might not realize this or understand this. If you are a follower of Christ, I'm going to say it right here, you're banking. You're wealthy. You're rich. And last time, we talked about our portfolio. All we have to do is peruse our portfolio and it should cause us to go, dang, I am wealthy. Man, I, I, I am rich. That's why Paul wrote this letter of encouragement and also of engagement, also to show and to tell all of the, all of the believers that they were rich. Interestingly enough, this letter was circulated to a number of churches in the area. One church, many locations, even 2,000 years ago. So this letter, this anointed email, was read to churches all over the place. Thankfully, we have technology, and right now, while I'm speaking, I'm talking to a lot of people in a lot of different locations. So really, what we're doing is old school. It's like New Testament old school. But let me bring you back, let me bring you back to what I said earlier. Christianity, like football, is a game of inches. It's one thing to have it in your head. It's one thing to have it in your brain. It's one thing to have it, you know, as, as, as your IQ. It's one thing to have this biblical knowledge, you know. That's great to know that. But we got to move this 12 to 14 inches into our hearts. So that's the sermon in a sentence. How do we move it from head knowledge, I'm talking about Christianity, to heart knowledge? How do we put shoe leather beneath the word? How do we live out the greatest life in the universe, this life walking in concert with Christ? So Paul says, don't miss it. Grasp it now, wherever you are, whatever stage or age you find yourself in, make sure to understand what it means to become a Christian and to be a Christian in your head. Understand doctrine, but 
you've got to allow it to, to, to captivate your heart, your inner man. You've got to allow it to, to become who you are as you live and walk and talk. And, and that's, that's one of the challenging things of Christianity. Every time we open the Bible, we should pray this prayer. God, speak to me. God, what do you have to say to me? You should pray that prayer every time you walk into fellowship. Often in my travels and conversations with Christians, they'll say, you know, I'm kind of dull. I don't feel like my life with Christ is really exploding, is really going where it should. And more often than not, they have a heart issue. They're not saying from the bottom of their heart, Lord, speak to me. Open my mind, open my heart so I can live it out. That's what Paul was saying. So last time we discovered our identity. We discovered our identity is in the Trinity. Say that with me. Our identity is in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They say, because they're one and also separate, three and one, one and three, something we'll never quite comprehend. The Trinity tells you and me that we're chosen before the foundation of the world, that we're one of a kind, that we're unique, that we're forgiven, that we're redeemed, that our eternity is locked, that our life is amazing, not amazingly simple or not easy or not problem free, but our life has a purpose beyond this world. So once we peruse our portfolio, once we know the facts, then we can live it out by faith. Two things I want you to consider when I talk about being rich, because some of you are like, I'm rich? Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah, 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 you're really rich. I'm talking about spiritually rich. Number one, you might want me to jot these down, we have an inheritance in Christ. We have an inheritance in Christ. When I become a follower of Jesus, I can tap into the amazing riches that he has for me. And so often we don't realize who we are. We think, oh, here's my ID, here's my social. No, no, it's much more than that. Our true identity is found in the Trinity and understand that we have an inheritance in Christ, so we draw on him. In other words, you're living your life, you're doing life, and we're gonna find out even the mundane is miraculous. We have the opportunity to draw on Jesus. But here's the second thing I want to tell you that you need to understand before we delve into this, this uh, uh, a little outline today. We are an inheritance of Christ. So first of all, we have an inheritance in Christ and we draw on him, but notice too, we are an inheritance of Christ and he draws on us. Wait a minute, you're telling me I am part of Jesus Christ's inheritance? Yes, the Bible says this. So that means whatever I'm doing, whatever you're doing, God has you there, God has me there for a reason. And we can become, as it attacks our mind and heart, we can become in any situation, the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears, the taste, and the smell of Jesus. Isn't that awesome to think about? 
So you can't say, wow, if I lived in a better neighborhood or went to a different school, I mean, you can say that, or, or if I did this, or if I was married to him or her, or if I was from that family, or if I had that education, no, 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 we really can't say that. I'm not saying we shouldn't be goal-oriented. What I'm saying to you, based on scripture, is God has you where you are for a reason. So wake up, smell the coffee, get it in your mind, and make sure it travels the 12 to 14 inches to your heart so you can live it out and you can go, wow, Jesus, I mean, I'm drawing on him, but Jesus is drawing on me. That's why the better we know Jesus, the better we know ourselves. Let me say that again. The better I know the Lord, the better I know myself. We talk so often about being self-aware or we'll say, oh, that person is totally self-unaware. They're clueless. It's a spiritual issue. Those are the deepest issues out there. So let's jump into Paul, because Paul tells us how to, how, to, how to have some handles in the Christian life. The first thing I want you to notice is our incredible identity. Our incredible identity. Let me read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. So this letter, once again, was written to the Christians, to the church at Ephesus. It was a circular letter. Ephesus was the bank of Asia. Again, you know, you talk about people, oh man, she's banking, he's banking. Well, Paul is using Ephesus, this wealthy city, as an illustration to say, hey, are you in Christ? You're banking, man, you're banking, okay? For this reason, our identity, verse 15, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, faith and love, you might wanna highlight those if you're reading Maybe just underline those, faith and love. Those are the two major players in the Christian life. One of the texts that Fellowship Church is founded on, Matthew chapter 22, Jesus said these words, love God with the totality of who you are, then love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, they asked Jesus, Jesus, what is the net effect of what you're talking about? Love God and love others. Think about the cross. You got the vertical aspect of the cross, God, and you have the horizontal aspect of the cross, others. So you show me your faith, hey man, show me your love. Show me your real love, show me your faith. They go hand in hand. We're saved by grace through faith, we understand that, but Jesus recognizes his followers by our love. They will know we are Christians, I sang as a little kid, by our love. And here is Paul's prayer. He was like, yeah, I'm in prison, but I'm in Christ. Paul is praying for the Ephesians. I don't cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Look at verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's who Jesus prayed to, correct? The Father of glory. What does glory mean? People say, I wanna live for the glory of God. It's about the glory of God. I wanna glorify God. You might have heard that. What does it mean, glory? You might wanna jot this down. Living, glory is living, not for my name, not for my fame, but for his name, God's name, and his fame. That's the glory of God. So everything I do say, touch, and feel should be about pleasing God, making his name famous. That's why we're here. Our 
our incredible identity. But notice the second thing, our colossal. That's right, colossal. Or you might say our crazy capacity. We have crazy capacity as a, as a follower of Christ. You might not realize it, but you do. I love the word capacity because capacity is the maximum amount something can hold. And we talk about capacity all the time. And the reason we talk about it so much is because of Starbucks. What do we do? What do we do? I have a tall, grande, vente. Tall, grande, vente. When we say those words, what are we saying? Capacity, capacity, capacity. There's capacity for the tall, capacity for the grande, and capacity for the vente. We have crazy, colossal capacity. Ed, what are you talking about? Well, let's let, let's let the apostle Paul tell us. Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. I pray, oh man, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. There we go, illumination. So that you will know what is the hope of his calling? Now, this hope is not like fingers crossed. No, no, no. It's like Godfidence, man. The hope of his calling. God has a calling for your life. His calling is amazing. When you think about God, because again, we're finite, he's infinite, he deals with us in the future tense. Gideon. A mighty warrior. He became a mighty warrior. Here's what God told him. Gideon, you're going to be the man. Gideon. And he was shaking in his boots. He was scared. He was hiding. Gideon, you're going to be the man. And I'm sure everybody was like, what? Gideon? Are you kidding me? Read about him. An amazing guy. Simon Peter. Simon Peter, he was here, he was there, floundering. He's cursing one moment, praising God the next. Jesus looked at this type A personality and said, I've got a nickname for you. The Rock. Not this. <laughs> Wrong Rock. No, I'm talking about The Rock. Simon Peter. And I know his posse. His squad, they like did the eye roll like, oh wow, Jesus, I mean, that's a little much. Calling this guy, this unstable guy, the rock. Read about Simon Peter. You talking about a foundation? What's Christ's nickname for you? I bet he has one. And it's awesome. So I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened that you'll know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches? There's the word again, riches, we're rich. I'll say it again, we're rich. We are wealthy, we're banking. Check out your portfolio. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? We've studied that already in the saints. I've just jotted down in my margin and I've, and I've really thought about this a lot. Truth known never changes anybody. It's all about truth done. Truth done. This is cool. I'm going to run through this very, very quickly. Give you a quick Koine Greek lesson. Are you ready to learn some Greek? And again, you were probably thinking about this 
when you made your way to fellowship today, you were like, man, I didn't realize four out of the six Greek words for power were used in Ephesians chapter one, verse 19. Honey, I hope Ed breaks that down. I really want to understand that. And what is the surpassing greatness of his, what? Power toward us who believe these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. Four of the six Greek words for power. We need to know these words because we need to know our power. The first one is dunamis. We get the word dynamite from it. That's Jimmy Walker. Inherit, the inherent power of God. That's what it means, dunamis. The inherent power of God. You have that, I have that. Number two, energia. The supernatural working of God. We work out what God has supernaturally worked in. We don't have just power. We don't have just some kind of Anthony Robbins personal power. No, 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 no. We've got the supernatural power of God. Energia. Energia. Then we have kratos. What's that? That's the third Greek word. You were probably thinking about kratos last week. The force and strength of God. And that's strong. The force and strength of God. Then iskus is the ability and might. We have that kind of power on tap in our lives. When it moves from head knowledge to heart knowledge, we can walk with that kind of power. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean that, that kind of power? Verse 20, which he brought about in Christ. So you've got the description of the power. Now you've got the demonstration of the power. Paul's saying, I'm talking about the power that brought Jesus back from the grave. Here comes the sun. Oh yeah, here comes the sun. Is that what happened? He died, he rose again, he ascended, he's seated beside the Father. Guess what? You and me are right there with him. We're right there with him. So why? You know, Jesus, the power, raising Jesus from the dead, two things. Number one, payment for sin. Number two, death defeated. So far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So don't waste your wealth. Thursday night, I'm with some friends, and one of my friends said, oh, man, I, I sure would like a hot fudge sundae from Dairy Queen. So sure enough, we drove and found the Dairy Queen, and you know, I love Dairy Queen, I do. And I wanted a chocolate malt. We pull up and very rude person. Welcome to Dairy Queen, may I help you? And so I order a couple things and, 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 and this woman I'm talking is rude, like mean. I can't, I can't understand you, just drive, just, just drive to the window. I'm thinking to myself, man, I wanna open up a can. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, like that rude. So we pull up to the window. She's like glaring. I said, uh, hi, what do you want? Well, we have some more people here and we order some different things. And so, you know, I wanted to say, ma'am, I want to talk to your manager. And I wanted to look at the manager and say, you know, I would not have someone like that working 
at a restaurant, but I, I didn't. I, I thought about it. Then I thought about how, how things that are so mundane can turn into the miraculous. Because I've been reading Ephesians 1 every day, and that's your homework. I really, I really felt the power of the Holy Spirit. I've never heard an audible voice. People say, God, talk to me. I've never heard an audible voice. I'm not that good. <laughs> Yet, so often when God deals with us, when he speaks to us, it's, it's more profound than words. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, just, just be nice. This lady's probably had a brutal day. I mean, she looks, who knows what, who knows what she was going through. So I just started talking to her a little bit. She was still rude. Yeah, I don't know. I said, you know, I love Dairy Queen, really. I said, do you, do you take tips? Yeah. I said, you know what? I want, I want to bless you. Here, here you go. Huh. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, I know I was rude. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. And so then we start talking and she got one order wrong, put the wrong kind of nuts on the hot fudge sundae. We're just in that back. She started smiling and then, and then it just kind of flowed. I have some invites with me to fellowship. Always carry invites with you. Always carry invites with you. So I said, hey, I want to invite you to fellowship. Is that a cult? <laughs> no, it's not a cult. We're a Christian church. Look, look us up online. Okay, okay, man. Thank you. And she was, she was so kind. And I drove away. I was like, hmm. Thank you, Lord. So even in the mundane, we have opportunities to serve our spouse, to open the door for someone instead of always walking through first, to, to like and to encourage someone on social media, to compliment a person in the office, a sincere one that you just uh, don't really like. That's what the Apostle Paul's driving at. Small things are big things. Big things are small things. And we have an opportunity, do we not, to change the world. I was looking online about New Year's resolutions, and you know, they're, they're really funny, some of them. Kind of depressing too, only 8% of us keep our New Year's resolutions. And then I was talking to a friend about it, and he said, have you seen this new study? All these new studies come out in, in January. The average lifespan is now 78.8 years. So we averaged, I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty old, 78.8. That is, it's pretty good. So we have that opportunity to do so. And then my friend was telling me about another thing he saw where a writer had compared age to the days of the week. So check this out and find your age. If you're on Sunday, you're birth through 11. Maybe you're a Monday. All right, Monday, woohoo! 12 to 22. Tuesday, 
Oh, I'm 23 to 33. Wednesday, 34 to 44. Thursday, 45 to 55. Ouch. Friday, 56 to 66. Saturday? That should be encouraging. Also, it should be a wake-up call. Like, whoa, man, that puts it into perspective. Now is the time for you to get this stuff. Now is the time for you to understand your incredible identity. Your colossal capacity. Your enormous energy so you can be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So you can be about that journey moving from the head to the heart because it's a game of inches. Let's pray. God, you're so good to us. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this, your church. I thank you for everyone hearing my voice right now. If you've never, ever, ever come to a point in your life where you've asked Christ to take control of your life, now's the day. Maybe you're on Monday. Maybe you're on Tuesday. The Bible says today is the day of your salvation. How do you do that? And how do I become a believer? By praying this prayer with me. God, I admit to you my wrongdoings, my sins. I turn from those and I turn to you. Just say that. I ask you, Jesus Christ, to come into my life. I give you everything I am and everything I'll ever become. If we got what we deserve, it would be eternity separate from Jesus. But because of God's grace and love, we don't get what we deserve. And that's a real good thing. all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.